very academic. No. Whatever you have to talk about those, I'm a bit less. But um, okay. yeah, nothing too fairy taleish. Welcome to North v South, a podcast about but not about design. It is episode 85. I'm Rob Turpin, and uh, somewhere in the Shire is John Elliman, and I'm just opening a drink. Oh, what was that? It's just a bottle of water. <laughs> I've got some. I've got some things to do later, so I'm, I'm staying. It sounded like you were opening a tin of fresh tennis balls. <laughs> well, most weeks that's what I'm doing. But that's what my uh, my uncle's a tennis coach. He likes to creep up behind um, really tight members of the uh, of the tennis club and open <laughs> tins of fresh balls behind them because they're playing with skinned <laughs> tennis balls or whatever. And with their blood run cold. <laughs> Oh, right, marvellous. Mm, 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 so how mm. are yes. you? Well, oh yeah, I'm all right. I've forgotten how to do this. Um, yeah, uh, I can tell. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, what's on your desk, Rob? What is on my desk? Well, it's Inktober. We mentioned yep. this uh, last week, and we're going to talk about it in a bit more detail. But that's been uh, occupying much of my time past uh, 11 days. Uh, what else is on my desk? I've just started reading The Massacre of Mankind, which I've talked about on the podcast before because I've had the book for two years and I haven't read it. It's by Stephen Baxter and it's the official sequel to War of the Worlds. Okay. So I've just started reading that and it is suitably, it's written in a suitably kind of uh, slightly archaic um, language as Wells would have written. So that's uh, that's quite interesting. I'll, uh, since I bought that, I've I've realised that I don't like many of Stephen Baxter's novels. So it could be uh, a, a book. Is he to be the really endured. precise one you were talking you were talking about? Yeah, ago. yeah. He Very did a series scientific. of I can't remember what they're called now, but uh, a series, a, a trilogy of kind of exploration novels. But it was it was almost like a how to um, instruction book. So come the um, the end of the world, you could actually build oh, yeah. a space. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm or was well that up. one of yours going up today? Well up for that. <laughs> no. <laughs> mm. um, um, what else is on my desk? Uh, Finch Tail. Have you heard of Finch Tail? No. Nope. So Finch Tail are a little company. Uh, I don't know if they make anything else other than uh, this little product that I received. Um, I don't think they do. Uh, so we like a bit of cardboard engineering. Here at uh, North v South Towers. So this is a one piece, one piece of cardboard that you fold and kind of slot into itself, uh, and it makes a little tablet or phone stand. Okay. Um, and there's nothing to it. Dead simple, but it's really it just kind of does the job, and I really like it. Uh, and the branding for it, it comes in these beautiful bright orange screen printed boxes, um, all branded by. Uh, Believe in Studio, which um, is run by Blair Thompson. Um, and it's, yeah, really nice little thing. So that landed on my desk uh, this week. So that's been cool. So that's been propping up my iPad. Uh, and I'm also in, um, because it's Inktober and it's getting on towards Halloween, I'm into folk horror mode. So I um, watched a couple of films. I watched The Wicker Man um, over the last couple of days, the original 73 version. Uh, and I'd forgotten just how disturbing it was. Mm. Um, you know, it's not a horror in kind of today's traditional sense of, you know, gore and uh, kind of shocks and things, but it's really unsettling. Do you, have you seen it recently? Do you remember? No, no, not since. I've seen bits of it recently, but not. I haven't seen it since I was a kid and I can't even remember. It's really t- it, disturbingly put together it, film. It's got. It's a, kind of like um, a ha- those Hammer House of Horrors that used to be on Saturday nights. Kind it of is a bit, but it's creepy. much. It's much subtler, um, and it's just weird. Uh, the one of the weirdest things about it is the the music. So it's set on this island in Scotland, where there's kind of a, a pagan cult, and it's got folk music as the kind of soundtrack sung by folk musicians or the cast members, and it is really unsettling. The music's great, <laughs> but freaky. Um, to, so that was a really good... That. I have got, I've got that on my uh, in my, fold, my film folder somewhere. Yeah, it's really good 
really good to catch up with that again. Um, and I also watched Hold the Dark on Netflix. Did you watch this, John? I know you were planning to. I didn't get around to it last night, but I might watch it tonight. Yeah, I'm definitely going to well, watch it. This I won't week. give you any no spoilers, but it's um, if you haven't seen this, it's on Netflix, and it's uh, I'd describe it as Alaskan noir um, about a, a woman whose son gets taken by wolves, and she contacts a, a naturalist to come and hunt down the, the killer wolves. Um, and it's fantastic. Sure, he must be cold up there. Must yeah. have no clothes on. <laughs> um, it's beautifully shot. It's a really good looking film, and it's uh, it's good. I really enjoyed it. And again, pretty pretty unsettling. And who's the star in that? It's um, it's one of the Skarsgårds. Alexander Alexander Skarsgård. Okay, is the main man. Um, and. Uh, Jeffrey Wright. Oh, I like him. Yeah. He's in um, the Westworld. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, he is, isn't he? Yeah, so he's in that. Um, It's really good. Um, Ah. hmm. What about you? What have you been up to? Um, I've been... I'm going to start with a sick sick iMac. I've got got an iMac. It's been driving me mad this week. Uh, It's been... Yeah, I've, I've lost quite a lot of hours just trying to fix it. It just keeps running out of memory and then freezing. Um, and I can't work out why, why it would be running out of memory. It's, mm. it's not that old. It's about four, it's coming up four years old. Uh, it's, uh, it's got 16 gig of memory. I'm only running, you know, Photoshop and bits and bobs. Yeah. Um, and it's ever since I upgraded to whatever it Mojave. Is. Mojo, uh, it's lost its mojo. Um, so yeah, so I've been struggling with that. Um, and is it still is doing. struggling just sort of with everything, or is it just yeah? BCC? So if I open up a window, it will take about three or four seconds to draw the window. Oh dear. Yeah, and then when I go to open di- open a file dialog box, there's a wait of about two or three seconds. So it's painful. If I stay in the same app, it's fine. But okay. as soon as I swap, it sort of just go just. It sinks down, but I've tried it. I've tried mm-hmm. loads of different things. Um, but yeah, in safe mode, it takes about an hour to go through its checks. Yeah, it's not good, um, is it? No. So um, I've been looking at getting a new a new computer, and it sort of highlighted the lack of pro machines that are around at this moment. I think if you're, yep. it, I'm not going to get a laptop. It's just not powerful enough, and it's way too expensive. And I don't use the features that mm-hmm. a laptop would afford me. Um, the iMac is uh, is a conundrum, which I'll come back to. There's no Pro machine anymore, so you can't have a desktop with a separate monitor, which oh, I, yeah. which is what not I until prefer. Next year, right? Yeah, but even so, they're going to be for done for video yeah. people, aren't they? Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've really seriously considering like a PC workstation. Um, just in terms of cost, just having a look. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, there's not there's nothing in in the Apple range. It's uh, so so. For example, the iMac. Um, I've got an i7 here. The problem with with that with that machine is, and what I may be suffering from is sort of uh, early burnout of the machine mm. because they are literally stressed out. And the reason that they've built. The, as far as I can tell, the iMac Pro is to dissipate, is to have a whole new heat system that dissipates the heat that is yeah. generated by these chips. And the iMac Pro runs very, very um, sort of easily on the processors, whereas yeah. these ones are stressed out on kind of like you know uh, high 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 hertz rates. Yeah, they're all going to kind of ratchet you know, right up, aren't they? <clears throat> so I think you know if you're hitting the ceiling for three or four years. As I often am, you know, the fans are on, et cetera, et cetera. I wonder whether that's really taken its toll. Maybe. Do you uh, know the only thing that that triggers the fans on my machine? Yeah. Safari. <laughs> or Chrome. Well, no, be- Chrome. Chrome's fine. Oh, Chrome on my laptop just ranks it up. Really? Massively. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Safari on my machine. Strange, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so... So I've I've priced up like so I bought this Mac I think it was two thousand three hundred quid um, yeah, when I bought about it. What I paid for mine. Um, the equivalent same Mac is now three thousand five hundred something like that. That's a 
that's a big old leap for something that is that for what's isn't not a pro extra. machine. Yeah, um, and uh, there's a lot of people talking about the you know the fast one, the i7 has got has got a lot of noise issues. So right. because it's ramped up yeah. so high, it's literally the fans are on what you know doing anything on it. Um, mm. Whereas the iMac Pro gets great reviews for that kind of you know it, it hardly ever gets noisy or hot yeah. in any way well, it gets obviously it gets massively hot but it just jets out the air out the back because it's built to do that yeah the problem i've got with it is that is the screen because they've gone with this they've gone with um the p3 sort of screen which is the the color gallop gamut that right. they're running to it's well under the um adobe 1998 percentage which means that you're cut if, if you're doing print design on it you're cutting off a lot of colors um, what you want is as close to the nineteen, you know, the mm. Adobe. Can you RGB not calibrate it? Any no, because if it to, can't, if it can't display, it the, just hasn't got that. No, it doesn't have gamut. that capacity. They've gone for the film editors mm. and digital artists. Uh, so there's this real gap in the market for a decent desktop computer for a graphic designer. Uh, one, you know, that sort of covers the basics. There um, you go, John. Get it on Kickstarter. <laughs> well, I you know I'd quite like to buy a nice a nice proper ISO screen and yeah. have a a Mac Mini that was a Pro. I think that that would do me sort yeah, of yeah. right out. So I don't know. You know, it, it may have to be that if this does die, then I'll have to go and bite the bullet and get one. But well, the, the, oh yeah, the price for the equivalent iMac Pro is five and a half grand <laughs> uh, on a yeah. on a computer. That's a lot of money, isn't it? That's a car, isn't it? <laughs> You buy a nice car for that. Yeah, I mean that is that is a lot of money. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. It's a dilemma wrapped inside Ooh. an enigma egg. Um, Isn't it? Yeah. So that's that, that's that's what's on my desk at the moment. Just frustration doing that. Uh, I've got a couple of websites that I'm still working on. I'm sort of creeping through them, um, keeping me busy. I've what I've been doing. I'm halfway through colorizing some old photos of my granddad. Okay. Um, uh, and I've been enjoying that. I've been doing it on the iMac, uh, on the iPad to try and teach okay. myself the, fo- cool. the Affinity Photo app. Yeah. Um, but you know it's so frustrating because I I can do in Photoshop like a tenth of the time. <laughs> yeah. But I'm kind of staying 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 on there. But uh, I guess uh, um, yeah, Inktober is sort of taking up time. I'm trying to limit. Inktober to two hours max a day. That's it. That's all. That I'm seems doing. sensible. Yeah. So it's an hour for the sketch and an hour to draw it. Um, and what else is there? Oh, I've been on a horror spree of films. I watched mm. um, Train to Busan, which is a Love South it. Korean zombie Love it film. So much. A- absolutely fantastic. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Great, isn't it? Um, yeah. It sort of reinvents the zombie genre yeah. without you know, being too crazy. Uh, it's really funny and poignant and yeah, it's, it's brilliant. So, um, uh, so I've sort of, yeah, I'm on a horror, horror thing as Ooh. well. Um, and I watched Hounds of Love, which is an Australian film meant to be a horror. It's it a wasn't a horror. Bush, it? No, she wouldn't like it. It's mm. about these couple, a couple that, um, uh, abduct and murder young girls in Australia. And it's based on a true story. Uh, and it's beautifully shot and very uh, arch in the fact that mm. it kind of it's you know cultural references and the mu- the soundtrack etc cetera, etc cetera, yeah. is all kind of like geared up to pleasing the um, you know the the trendy crowd. But yeah. actually, the story of it is the story doesn't follow the story of the real true life story all the way through, and it's just a bit flat. Um, yeah. and just a bit cruel for being cruel's sake. I think a lot of modern horror films, that is what they go for, isn't it? It's cruel yeah, well, I watched the grim. Evil Dead remake. Oh, my God, that was oh, horrific. That. Oh, my God. I haven't, it was... seen that. I haven't seen the original since I was Oh, the original, at least it's funny, you know. It's, yes. it's, you kind of laugh your way through it, but this was just nasty and ugh, yuck. Mm. Unclean. <laughs> uh, oh yeah and i was i was watching the thing i didn't watch your film the other night i was watching i've been watching maniac which is the chap who's the new bond um which i think we spoke about this last week didn't we and um, we both hadn't started it yes uh, about, i think i've watched sort of 20 minutes of the first episode 
it's well worth uh, carrying on with. It's very strange for the first three or four episodes. Um, it's I'm loving it. It's absolutely mental. <laughs> it's just it's, yeah. It's those by Carrie Fukunaga. Is that right? Yeah, so he made the first True Detective series, which was yes. beautifully shot. Um, yeah. And he's he's the new Bond guy, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, oh, I think he'll do a, a cracking job with Bond, but I'm not a big Bond fan, so I couldn't really care less. Hmm. Uh, but the uh, yeah, they're really worth... Uh, episode 7 in particular just made me laugh out loud. It is, you'll love it. Yeah, I'll definitely have to catch up with that. Yeah. Mm, that's but, about it, really. There's, there's some tanks on your notes. Oh, yeah, i got some tanks, a Kickstarter. First World War tanks, not often you see see them, especially French ones, which cool. are really strange. It's like they've been invented by Ian McQuay. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Uh, they're really cyberpunky. Um, Talking of and- first, first World War tanks, uh, have you seen any clips of Peter Jackson's new thing? No. Uh, he's taken loads of footage of the First World War. I think this is to tie in with the the 100th anniversary of the armistice. Um, uh, I cannot remember for the life of me what it's called. Let me just quickly look. Um, and he's kind of digitally enhanced and colourised and added soundtrack, uh, which kind of sounds like it should be um, awful. But the clips I've seen are absolutely staggering. Uh, it's called They Shall Not Grow Old. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I think it's going to be yeah, Is astonishingly moving. Is it a film that moving. he's doing or just a pro- project? It's, a, it's, a, it's a, a, a film, documentary film. All right. Um, that sounds brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's, it, I yeah. think it's out in a week or ah. two weeks or something. Because speaking of Bond, um, the bloke who's just stopped <laughs> the guy who did um the olympics danny boyle uh, he he's been he's doing something on a beach they're doing a live kind of um armistice celebration with oh, okay. um they're carving uh faces into the sand and then letting them wash away of uh, oh. different heroes he was on the radio on radio four the other day so um yeah maybe there's a whole thing of yeah film directors working on stuff yeah i guess so um, but yeah, you should definitely look. Uh, yeah, I definitely will. News. You got any? Uh, one today. I missed it, but um, Brendan Dawes sends an email out, and which is well worth signing up for. Um, he's been on radio. Uh, radio 4 have had a data stream day where they captured all their data from all their programs and got visual artists to um, interpret it. And cool. he's been doing that. Um, so well worth checking out. Go onto their website and have a look, see what he was doing. Well, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, sad bit of news this week, or late last week, I think it was. Uh, Carlos Esquire, comic artist and co-creator of Judge Dredd, has died. He was when I first started reading Judge Dredd uh, in 2000 AD in the early 80s. He was along with him and sort of Mike McMahon and Cam Kennedy. They were my favourite artists. Yeah, he was um, my. Yeah, I have to totally agree with. I didn't know who he was at the time, but yeah. um, Strontium Dog. Strontium, his work somebody on Strontium I used to Dog copy. was just incredible. Yeah. That uh, kind of weird, uh, blocky, dashed outline he used to give everything. It's mm. just I couldn't. I could never quite figure out why he did it, but it worked so well. Mm. Um, so it's very sad that um, that he's passed away. So I don't, there'll be um, there won't be anyone else quite like him. I don't think. A massive impact on British comics. Yeah, it went went by really quite really un, unnoticed, didn't it? Which is, mm. just shows in this country still, there's still comics are still not held in that kind of high regard. Because yeah. I mean, he was the great of his generation. I, yeah, you absolutely. know, one of the top five. I, I put some in the in the in October things that we've been doing. Did you find my little Easter eggs? No, ah. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are there. There's one. There's okay, two I'm things. Nobody, nobody noticed it at all. It's the the one from the third of October. It's got. Uh, it's titled "The Gate Is Resolutely Shut." Ah, I'll give you <laughs> the Judge Dread badge. Yeah, <laughs> nice. And there's one more. Very subtle. Uh, it's really small. Oh, is that a Strontium Search and Destroy? 
Just your dog thing. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> are you are you <clears throat> squeezing little things like that into the mall or? No. <laughs> well, I no, think you should I squeeze one time. In. You need to squeeze one into tomorrow so I can try and find it without being prompted. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so, yes, yeah, so that was very sad news. Um, what else have we got news-wise? Oh, sorry. Yeah, um, uh, another minimalist phone, Rob. <gasps> I but looked at this. I looked at your link. The punked thing. No. Last week, where yes. we talked about the ridiculous phone but this one's called block uh, obviously block isn't spelt normally uh, it's got two l's I, th- I think they're a welsh design company uh no they're not i just <laughs> just made that up um <laughs> but they're a lovely lovely branding um uh it's basically a black and white minimalist phone um but the th- here's the thing as i read it runs on android right yeah. so it's just running android it's just so- a skin over the top of a normal phone right yeah, so it's a kind of a, a, a medium-end um, Android phone hardware, and they've skinned it with this quite beautifully designed, super minimalist monochrome UI. Um, but I would imagine it'll be terrible, because, yeah. you know, if, if the big companies, apart from, you know, if you forget Google and Apple... No one else can can do a decent Android skin, can they? When you buy like a I don't know Motorola or a HTC or whoever, you know one of the big complaints is that if they've skinned it, i.e. they're not running a kind of native version of um, the Google operating system. What's it called again? Android. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're they're generally terrible. Uh, uh, they are. I they imagine. are. I've, I've played with them because I, I, I had a Google phone, so I had just the Google look. And mm. you can get kind of launches that allow you to skin your own kind of design. Yeah. So my other thing was you could do this yourself um, if you really, really wanted to. Well, I can uh, do it on my my iPhone just by pressing the home button three times. Oh, does it go to it black, makes it and, black white? and white? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. Don't again. I don't get it. I, I I I applaud people trying to make new products, but this isn't. It's just a phone that looks exactly like every other phone, and um, it doesn't do. It it says time to regain control over your life. Um, it it doesn't. Why? Why? How would you? How would it? Yeah. How would it change it in any so way? So some of the, 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 the kind of fancy stuff in the operating system apparently it, it aggregates a lot of the the stuff that you use regularly into kind of one of two different places which it calls a root and a tree uh so you can kind of do an awful lot of your normal activities without launching apps yeah but you know why really nice feature is uh it comes with one year full coverage insurance so any breaks or accidents they'll send you out a brand new phone that's good um and it's It's a beautiful beautiful sort of uh like almost medical um vacuum packed packaging yeah, yeah. which is very, really beautifully designed but it's yeah it's a designer's wet dream really isn't it also one thing that i think they've missed a trick with you know it's a, a monochrome website everything's black and white and gray and all the photographs are so you can't actually appreciate anything about the ui because all the images are black and white do you know what i mean mm. it's like is the ui entirely monochrome or are there kind of accent colours? Well, I don't know, because all the pictures are black and white. It's just, it's just daft. Mm. Anyway, enough. Yeah, so I was like, well, that, that's what, I think it's like 400 quid or so. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but um, Google have announced their new smartphone, uh, sort of flagship one, to rival Apple's new jobbies and yep. Samsung's, the Pixel 3. Uh, what, what can you tell me about this? Because it's got some new. You've, you've added some notes to it. Well, I don't think anyone's done a full review of it yet. Um, but Ars Technica did a little hands-on. I think it was at the the Google um, conference thing where it was announced, uh, and they kind of slated it for its um, materials and its kind of build quality. So Pixel, the previous, the Pixel Two had a. a Aluminium back. Apparently, it felt really kind of high end and lovely. And this has got a glass back and front, like the the new iPhones. Um, but they've kind of frosted the the 
flat bit of the back, which apparently feels nice, but the um, ones that they had their hands on were, were already scratched to hell. And because the sides aren't frosted, it doesn't make it any any easier to grip at all. So it was just a <clears throat> like a first a first look, but they certainly had some gripes about it. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the camera's like on it because they are doing some insane things with the. Uh, with their software. I just, yeah. I wouldn't touch it with a barge pole just from the privacy issue thing. Um, uh, it's the same as Facebook have just announced a kind of like a, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like the Amstrad communicator. Isn't it? <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? It's something that follows you around the room and films you, but yeah. how often do you do video chats and how, um, as a parent, doing it with grandparents is the most painful thing ever <laughs> uh, because I, the child's not interested and yeah. the grandparents are normally out of focus or they're like third off the screen. Yeah, no, it. I face on my parents quite a lot, um, you know, cause they miss me favorite son and all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I generally get to see my mum's ear and that's about it. <laughs> um, yeah. No matter how many times I tell her. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but yes, I wouldn't, trust, I wouldn't trust a Facebook portal. Oh my God, would you have that in your house? I, I, I mean, no. I balk at uh, having an, an uh, Amazon or Alexa thing listening. Mm. It really makes me feel hugely uncomfortable. Um, but having Facebook, oh my goodness. I mean, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the block phone, um, I think it will sell to designers. I don't think it will sell anywhere else. Um, why? Why would you buy that? Um, I don't know. Well, says, I don't know how it. I don't know how it cuts down your usage in any. It way says shape. pre-order, doesn't it? Yeah. On the thing, so there's a good chance no one will ever get one. But talking uh, talking about other silly businesses, yes. um, I just to go back on our high street thing from a couple of weeks ago, which I really enjoyed, by the way. I don't hmm. think we got anywhere. Yeah, um, we haven't had any feedback from people, so we didn't upset <laughs> too many people. I did go back and edit out some rather. Uh, slanderous comments myself <laughs> and I won't mention them um so uh yeah um patisserie valerie um I don't think I've ever been there they um they really very, old fashioned looking uh cafes very um, very good cakes John do they yes they 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 unless they get an immediate they've announced unless they get an immediate injection of capital they're going to close down which is two and a half thousand employees in the UK mm. um another high street brand going pop they're, they're missing 20 million quid in capital yeah um, this isn't that they were they think it's you know, sales have been terrible it's just all of a sudden they've realized they're 20 million quid worse I off mean, than they thought they were what are the people running these businesses doing well i think that <clears throat> i think it's fraud isn't it they're uh, yeah. pointing the finger up but yeah it's bizarre yeah. you'd think someone would have noticed yeah. arnold, but arnold bocklin that was very fashionable when i used to make signs a lot yes. of uh a lot of shops loved a bit of Arnold Bocklin. Yeah. Well, that was what the at the eighteen eighties. <laughs> yeah, I think it is, isn't it? <laughs> you have been around a while. Yeah. Um, uh, talking of typefaces, yeah. the Guardian had uh, an article about a typeface designed to improve memory. <clears throat> um, the typeface is called. Please have forgotten it. I've it. <laughs> uh, do you know what it's called? That is Sa- superb. Sans forgetica. Uh, and um, you couldn't don't bother reading talk. the article about yeah. Sans forgetica uh, because there's nothing memorable in it. It's uh, it's a, an absolute load of rubbish because it's long been known that if you slow down the speed at which people read, they tend to take in more information. So what they've done is someone's designed a typeface, not that doesn't improve your memory, like the article says. It just slows down your reading, so it cuts out. It's one of these typefaces that cuts out huge chunks of the letters, so your yeah your brain has to kind of process more to to fill in the gaps. So it just slows you down, but you retain more information. But it just makes out that it's the the typeface is is improving your memory, but it's not. You know, you could as you could just as well, you know print everything smaller so you had to concentrate or you know print red on yellow so you you know to anything to slow you down would have the same effect so it really annoyed me so i'm glad i forgot it (laughs) 
But the, the, so it makes a claim that it will help people learn. And then she says you can actually only use it, you know, you'd only want to use it as a headline. Yes. So how would you exactly look yeah, in that? I know. Well, talking of other bollocky font stuff, um, I've written why does Creative Block exist, which is kind of cruel, but their their articles are rubbish and just churn, isn't it? They've got one out. Um, it just made me laugh. It was ten inspired alternatives to Helvetica, and the uh, yeah. the introduction is: it's the eternal quest for graphic designers the world over. They want something like Helvetica, but not Helvetica. It's like, do they? Do we? <laughs> God dear! Is that is that the uh, the pressing need for designers? I know. And it's just a, then a long list of you know, sans serifs that are yeah. slightly grotesque. But it's like, well, what? What? But it's pathetic. It's just it's not an article. Go away. Just no. don't write it. it. It reminds me a little bit. Um, Mike Sullivan tweeted something today. He said, if you uh, take a million monkeys and a million graphic designers they'll all come up with the same conference ideas. <laughs> Which just kind of, you know, it's that whole creative block kind of designers talking to designers about design, about designers. You know, it's, they're not saying anything of any importance to anyone else. And uh, creative block is very guilty of that, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> it needs to It needs to cross over to other things to draw other people in. Yeah. You know, which is what, you could say creative review are trying to do um not always succeeding but at least they try and broaden their approach to design writing yeah i think we should talk about uh inktober john so inktober uh started by a chap called jake parker everybody knows this don't they or don't they i, I think talking to an illustrator today and they didn't know what, what it was so um uh had they been yeah. hiding in, under a stone well they've just done a thing called 100 days Okay. Which is, again, it's just making something for 100 days, which sounds painful to well, me. Well, that sounds like another Jake Parker um, project. Oh, is it? Yeah, he's done that as well. Oh, right. um, it's big. Inktober on Instagram has 10 million posts on that hashtag, and Inktober 2018 has 2.5 million. It's incredible. Do you want to start off talking about the uh, the whole concept? No, I'll talk about what I'm up to. So I'm yep. doing um, a series of illustrations on British folklore, which is something I've been meaning to do for ages. About five or six years ago, I did a little illustration of the Lampton Worm, which is a folktale from uh, the northeast. Uh, and ever since then, I've thought I must get back to that and do more. So I thought this was a perfect opportunity. So I've written myself a list of... 31 uh, kind of creatures or characters from British folklore. And I'm going through them day by day, doing a little drawing. And because I failed uh, terribly with Inktober last year and only managed as far as day eight, I decided that I'd try and make it as as doable as possible for me this year. Um, So each illustration is uh, two inches square. So they're quite small, and I thought, this is great. I'll rattle these out in no time. <clears throat> Never works like that. So um, <laughs> they're taking, you know, two or three hours each, uh, including sketching, which is ridiculous for a small illustration. But I am, you know, to be fair to myself, I am packing in as much detail as I can. Um, and I've made a conscious effort on these <clears throat> because they're, they're all in these little boxes. I've made a conscious effort to <clears throat> make the illustration break the frame to kind of add a bit of interest and to create some depth. Um, and I think for some of them, it's worked really, really well. On others, it looks a bit contrived and doesn't really add much. Um, but generally, I think that, that side of it's going okay. Um, I still think because a lot of the the... Uh, a lot of my list are kind of characters and kind of people type things, whether witches or goblins, then it's it's difficult for me because I'm so bad at drawing people. So I tend to resort to just drawing sort of heads or faces or torsos, which I don't think I can keep doing because it just makes them look all a bit samey. Um kind of regardless of the content. Um, so it's a bit of a, 
a battle in that regard. Um, as few of, of what have we done? We're on 11 now, aren't we? So I'd say half of them I'm really happy with and half I'm disappointed with already. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's got its ups and downs already and we're not even halfway through. But you, you, you beat yourself up so much. So um, I think they're all fantastic and I don't think you should, uh, you should worry too much about them. I know it's, it's very difficult. I mean, I think because in my head I can, I can see figures and see how to kind of do proportions and poses and stuff. I'm going to try and draw stuff. It's just, um, it just never comes out. Well, it's because entirely because I'm not used to doing figures. Um, so I think the ones that haven't got people in really work much better. So the, the second one I did was a screaming skull. Um, which I think the the way that I've broken the frame on that one, yeah, it's fantastic. Works really it's well. It's like a bit of graphic art, really, isn't it? Yeah, I th- that was, you know, I kind of wanted to tap into that side of things because that's, you know, that's one of the things I'm good at. Um, so I think that worked really well on the screaming skull, and it looked, worked quite well on the kind of weird newt creature. I think it works okay on today's dragon, um, and on some it hasn't worked quite as well. So I think I really need to keep working on the composition. And probably do more sketches before I dive in. Um, but it's one of those things, you know, you want to kind of, to an extent, you just want to get them done. Um, so, yeah. yeah I, well, I think, you know, I can just see Russ Nicholson is on the figures is just coming out so strongly. That yes. kind of, that, that's that heavy graphical style. Um, I, 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 I think they're fantastic. So thank you. And you're going to have 31 of them. So what are you worrying about? Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing them all at the end. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, one of the things I'm going to do is, um, well, you and I are going to produce a print featuring all 31. Um, and I also want to do a little book as well uh, with some information about each folktale yeah. that they're from. That'd be cool. Hmm. Well, my one... I think we, I spoke about this last week, yeah. didn't I? Uh, but I, I've had to change it quite a bit. Uh, one, because Instagram loads right to left um, when it does, when it loads in blocks. So it means that you can't do a narrative going left to right if it's got text in it. Yeah. Which is stupid, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it you know, it was stupid of me not to realise it. Um, well, I don't think I'd have cottoned on either. I'd have done exactly what you started off with. Yeah, so I've had to do a massive U-turn and sort of change because it was going to be like a long, uh, almost like diorama, um, snaking its way from the bottom of a house all the way up to the top mm. of a house. But I've actually broken it up now and gone underground and I'm kind of like, you're a kind of an intruder in a private house, um, but you're following somebody else that you don't know who it is. It feels moment. like a, a choose-your-own-adventure book. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I'm doing, and I'm I'm planning it. I'm only writing three uh, squares ahead. Okay. So uh, I don't know. I know what the end one is, but I I don't know what's happening. So it's, that makes it a little bit more interesting. Um, but I do have a narrative that I'm following. You know, I know what's going to happen in the next square. So if you see what I mean? Yeah. But it's very loose. Uh, I'm trying a different style, which is to draw as quickly as possible. Um, and not to be graphical and uh, be as loose. So I'm using like a brush pen in Procreate, um, which is fine. It's yeah, it's it's fine. It's it's just uh, it's hard to control the the thickness, which yes. I think if I was using it manually, I'd be a lot. I'd probably be awful at, but I'd be in a lot more control of of the thickness at times yeah. because this thing, you know, it starts off thin, and then as you carry on pressed to the screen the brush gets thicker okay. and then uh, so so you have to know where you're going to, to when you're yeah. moving your pen across the across the screen um and you have to then work out that if you want it to be thicker underneath and on top if you've got light coming in then you need to start the stroke at the top which is yeah. what I mean yeah, yeah. so it is quite tricky um but it gives a, a much more scruffy um hand drawn appearance which is yeah, they look really something nice. they- something I'm just not used to doing so i'm just 
trying it out but That's i am cool. i have got more graphicals <laughs> gone in <laughs> gone on so i'm gonna have to yeah be a bit more scruffy again um but yeah it's 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 fine i haven't had a huge um you know one of the reasons i let's talk about the reasons why we're doing it <laughs> so the reason why i'm doing it is not to practice drawing um i don't need to practice drawing because i don't i'm not a paid illustrator um it's kind of to broaden my um uh the appeal of of ellie press the business yeah and uh cynics might say that i'm doing it to get more followers and they would be right but uh that isn't working at all so um i haven't increased followers or anything like that at all i've probably gone up 10 in uh the last week or so um and i get an average of about 50 likes and last year I was looking back, I was thinking, I'm oh, sure I got more last year. Last year where I did even, I did really nice bits of art. I got, um, um the most I ever got was about 40. Oh, so you are doing picture. better than last year. Well, 10 more. Yeah. Well, but I'd have thought it would be, be higher. It's, um, I'm having kind of the same issue. So I'm doing it for a couple of reasons. One, I like a little daily project. And I think this will improve my composition and hopefully if I do it chicken out, it'll improve my figure drawing as well over the course of the month. Um, and it is to, for exposure, even for me. I've got 47,000 followers. I want more um, because this is Instagram really is my shop window completely. It's like all my commercial work comes through Instagram. All my commissions come through Instagram. So it's, it's important to me. So I want to be uh, getting lots of likes and getting more followers. Um, two years ago when I did the isometric buildings over the course of the month, I got 20,000 more followers. Um, I've realized now that I think between look and, uh, Instagram's algorithm changing several times since then, that that's just not, not going to happen. So I've probably got another, uh, maybe 400, three or 400 followers uh, in 11 days. So it's, it's good, but it's it's not crazy um, in terms of kind of a percentage of, of what I was already on. Um, and my the likes are kind of way down on what they were um, a couple of years ago. So it's it's a bit disheartening in that respect. But I, I'm trying not to beat myself up about that, and I'm just putting it down entirely to Instagram's algorithm. And I, I guess as well, you know, there's there's probably you know five times as many people doing. Inktober, so there's you know you've got all that kind of noise to cut through if you want to gain any notice. Oh my right? god, yeah, no, you're right. This year, I mean, there is really some, there is some noise because there is just you know I've written one of my notes is there's only so much badly drawn manga I can look at. Yeah. I imagine I, I'm like I know what a um a lecturer in a in a university teaching illustration must feel when they get their. Uh, the, the applications yeah through. when they look at portfolios yeah because it, it's just all japanese style drawings um it is uh which i understand you know you're going to follow things that you really like to do um but yeah i i i i agree with you i think it's instagram i think instagram has um well i think it's very telling that the owners have left under a cloud yes um recently uh it is it's an unrecognizable app to me i i i loved the fact that it was a simple um, friendly way to share photographs and art um, uh, or images um, without any kind of noise from other social media mm. uh, outlets, which make me very uncomfortable. Now it seems to be just filled with videos and adverts. And this, there's a screen that keeps popping up telling me to scan somebody's profile just yes. keeps telling me I'm, like, I'm not i live in the middle of nowhere <laughs> i'm never gonna i'm never gonna scan someone's profile leave me alone yeah. um but yeah i think that they've um i think they've ruined instagram i really do and i think it's impossible to for people to um to just use the the traditional way of you know scrolling through and looking at images I just, yeah i don't think people are doing that anymore i think they're watching video you know it takes yeah, up a lot of time doesn't it it's tough um so yeah i really feel for you i was the, the illustrator i was speaking to today was saying this, exactly the same thing was they've just noticed a massive drop off in traffic and sort of following that they've had 
mm. getting most getting a lot of business from Instagram because of this the visual noise that's destroying yeah. it. So I don't know what the uh, what this there is no solution, is there? Um, no, and there isn't an alternative. No, there's no alternative. You can't even do path anymore, can you, Rob? No, you can't. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's, it is it is a dilemma. I think that they. I don't know. I really don't know. Are people going to just go back to their own sites? Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, there'll be something else, won't there? Something else will come along, or some some new way of showing off your work will, will come along, and I just hope I'm not too old to embrace it. <laughs> yeah. It's um, just it's just if it sinks back down into the kind of, um, oh, what was that one called? Uh, DeviantArt. I mean, the only yeah. people who are going to look on DeviantArt are artists and they're not going to be potential customers. Whereas no. Instagram is very much the same on the high with, street, uh, aren't you? Yeah, the same with ArtStation as well, which is a, a web platform that lots of artists and concept artists use. But I think it is pretty much used just by other artists. I don't think anyone else is really looking at that as a, a shop window. So. Mm. Oh well, good luck for the rest of it. How yeah. long been going? We'll, we'll keep you uh, keep you posted. Um, so uh, all all those gripes about Inktober and Instagram aside, it does throw up some bloody wonderful stuff um, to follow. So we've both got uh, three or four Instagrammers or Instagram Inktobery people. That yep. uh, that we recommend you follow. So shall we take it in turns? Yeah. Okay. I'll start with Joe Brown. So she's uh, Benoid B E R N O I D on Instagram on Twitter. I love uh, her stuff. Tau J B on Instagram. Uh, she does beautiful sketchbook work of nature. Um, lots of stuff, kind of mushrooms and fungi. Um, and really beautiful drawing style. And for Inktober, she's doing this incredible uh, series of sketchbook pages that are all connected together to make this uh, astonishing kind of panorama of a woodland with kind of weird creatures and funguses and all sorts of weird stuff going on. And it's beautiful, really intricate, uh, really kind of fluid line work. Um, her stuff is absolutely fantastic. Love it. What's your first recommendation? Um, uh, it's a chap called Matteo Burton. Uh, he is a um, his handle is uh, Matty Burton, M A T T E B E R T O N, and he's an illustrator. I know nothing about him. I just really like his work. It's very lino cutty. Um, it's got a linear Claire sort of uh, feel to it, um, and I saw it pop up from I don't know. I think it was just. I don't know what I was doing, but anyway, it popped up somewhere. I love his color palette that he uses, and yeah, I think is it? I don't know. Is it? Do you think he's maybe he's Mexican or Italian? Uh, yes. Disenini. Disenini. Which don't know. Um. Yeah. Yeah. His stuff's beautiful. I I find this sort of sort of work really um kind of difficult to grasp because there's no line work to it. It's just, it's almost like he's, if, you know, if I were doing something there, I'd drawn it and then coloured it in and then taken away the lines. So it's really, really beautiful graphic stuff. There's some incredible work there. Yeah, it's really like he's, do, yeah, it's, it's like he's doing it for Lino, isn't he? Or, yeah. you know, he's cutting, he's cutting these out of um, Rubylith or something like that. Really? Uh, so lovely. you get this lovely bleed over as well. Yeah, he's, yeah. Re- he's really good. Really enjoyed his stuff. Yeah, it certainly is. So that's Matteo Burton. Cool. Uh, Jason Jenkins is an artist on Instagram, and he has got a kind of a recurring character called the Lost Astro Trooper. Um, And it's cracking stuff. He does really... um, We've talked about a sci-fi illustrator from the 40s and 50s called Virgil Finley before. And it's really reminiscent of his of his stuff. So these kind of beautifully rendered kind of moons and planets and space creatures with weird tentacles. Uh, and it's it's got this incredible sort of retro feel to it, but absolutely beautifully drawn. Um, so Jason Jenkins art on Instagram. Uh, fab stuff. Love it. Mm. 
Um, my, my one is very similar to you, actually. He's called Simon J. Curd. I don't know if you follow him on. Uh, I found him through Black Ink Work, which is a kind of uh, uh, curated yes. Instagram uh, feed. I didn't know his stuff. And I saw your link, clicked on it. I'm like, my God. <laughs> uh, so he's taken the same approach uh, that I have to inked over doing these beautifully framed quite small illustrations I think with with elements of them breaking the frame he's doing it way better than I am uh, I, absolutely I've always apologies. So, yeah he has these weird little hidden creatures he's actually telling us uh, it's all dot work stuff he's it's, it's got this stippled shading and a very heavy black graphic line um, yeah. but he he's writing a story um, uh, in on, on his as well oh, by coincidence it. so he, he, he's he been in the house and out of house uh, he's actually taken it to the nth degree where he's drawn it on the piece of paper and then photographed the piece of paper and surrounded it by elements of the drawing yeah and he's done that every everyone so yeah really really um recommend following him it's simon j curd c-u-r-d um, absolutely wonderful i don't know where i think he's english is he? Yeah, I think uh, so. I've probably massively insulted him. Then he's kind of looks British. British. <laughs> let's, let's go British. <laughs> yeah, really love his work. That's a, a, a brilliant find. So thanks for recommending him. Uh, and I'll go with Andrew Marr, not the one that does the Sunday morning. Oh, I uh, thought he was. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he does do drawing, doesn't he? Does he? Yeah, he does art. Does he really? Yeah. Andrew yeah. K. Marr uh, with one R. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, he's a Texan illustrator and he produces these, a lot of the stuff he puts on Instagram and Twitter are really quite small sketches and things. He does a lot of stuff on post-it notes, um, but he draws lots of kind of uh, demons and goblins and sort of horned warriors and elf type things. Um, but he's he's got this real dramatic style about him so all these deep blacks and deep shadows and it often makes his illustrations look as if they're kind of lit kind of some sort of real weird otherworldly glow um but his stuff's absolutely beautiful um i've loved his work for a long time and it's well worth scrolling through all his work to see some of his kind of you know he's more uh the uh, pieces that he spent a lot more time on. Uh, um, but yeah, breathtakingly good artist. There's quite a lot of digital work in there as well, but generally it's uh, it's black ink on a post-it note or a, a bit of paper. <clears throat> Love it. Fantastic. Quite a lot of people are doing uh, Vectober. They've, they've yes. switched over. They're just doing Vector stuff. There's yeah. a guy called Ryan Holland. Um, yeah. That I thought a uh, very very good graphic um, artist using uh, all sorts of um, fantastic old fashioned illustrator shading techniques, so like okay. cross hatches and dots and stuff. Um, yeah, so I don't know whether that's running concurrently or whether it's a breakaway fa- uh, faction of the yeah, illustration. I, th- I think previously, community. you know, a lot of digital artists have said, "Well, can I take part in Minktober?" Um, and some people have said, no, you can't. Some have said, yeah, yeah, just do what you want. If it's digital ink, it's whatever. So I think maybe that it's just a, a little breakaway. Um, one of our good friends, Steve Kirkendall, is doing Vectober as well. He's doing some lovely stuff. He's recently given up life as a graphic designer. and He's uh, trying to make his way as an illustrator now. Really? He's doing some really, yeah. I, didn't know. He, I, really, I love his illustrations. That's great. Yeah, oh, really beautiful, clean vector stuff. Oh, um, doesn't he run an agency, though? Did. Oh, yeah. Good, good for him. Yep. He's, uh, for he's him. left that rat race. Yeah. Uh, he's actually up in the in the Lake District at the minute at the Lakes Comic Festival. All oh, right. We talked about that last year, didn't yeah. we? Some, there was yeah. some... Yes. Hello. Uh, so have you got any other Inktobery people to recommend? No, no. I've realised that one of the ones I put in there isn't actually doing Inktober, so... Oh, Kind of uh, irrelevant. I'll just quickly mention. Oh no, I have got oh, one. Go on. Sorry, yeah, sorry, I have got one. Um, a guy called Simon Duskerville. Have you heard of him? Uh, no, no. Uh, he is. Um, he's kind of doing uh, pencil heavy shading, 
Um, well, it's all black and white stuff, but he's done some incredible stuff. Um, he's He says in his profile that he's only uh, appears on Instagram. That's the only place you can find him. Um, so, yeah, go and have a look at his stuff. It's kind of fantastical horror, I'd yeah. say, sort of semi-heavy metal T-shirt style. But yeah, um, some, some really of it is really, really great. Yeah. Um, and if you zoom into some of the bits, there's lots of li- hidden sort of um, Easter eggs. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the only other one I had, uh, Dan, was Ian McHugh. Obviously, we talked about him a lot, but he's he's been, he's kind of half taking part in Inktober at the minute. He's over in Rome at the minute, producing ridiculous drawings of crazy Roman skylines. But he's done these bizarre uh, kind of duct-based creations, kind of part robot, part spaceship, part building. They're all kind of made out of big metal bits of ductwork. And they're as amazing as they sound baffling. Uh, so if you don't already follow Ian Mickey, just uh, look him up and marvel. Excellent. Okay, so, um, well, good luck with the rest of uh, um, October. You I'll, too. I'll pay more attention for the Easter eggs now. Oh, no, it's only in one. But I will no, 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 need no. to put it's more in. You want lots yeah. of Easter eggs. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> Gives me more to do, doesn't it? Yeah. I was trying to draw something yesterday. I had a small child draped across my shoulders. How did that go? <laughs> Terribly. Let's get straight to pies. Yeah, to pies. Um, so, I'll go first. Okay. I have got a pie from Aldi. Uh, I've never had an Aldi pie before. And it's, uh, as you can tell, it's very crisp. Flaky pastry on top, short crust on the sides. And it is chicken, ham hock, leek, and chardonnay. Sounds um, like a 60s croon band, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Ham, so, hock and chardonnay, you're playing on... So let me just dive in. Very hot. Yeah, that's not bad at all. It doesn't really taste whiny. Um, but it's nice, they're kind of... You know, creamy... Creamy, juicy gravy inside is, is good. It's not too gelatinous. Nice big bits of chicken. Yeah, it's a good pie. Well, I'll get a... 7.2. Oh, well done, Aldi. Yeah. Uh, I, had, I had a pork pie from them. It's very good. I like Aldi. I, uh, I've i got a Sainsbury's Taste the Difference. Um, Savoury and Satisfying Steak and Black Sticks Blue, registered trademark, well, cheese pie. I'm very interested to hear what you say about this, because this is one of my favourite supermarket pies. All right, okay. Um, i just say the used buy on it was the 27th of April. So <laughs> good, goodbye, cruel world. Please yeah. tell me it's been in the freezer. Yeah, let, let's hope so. It's got a kind of um, a landing strip across it of crumb, which I'm, I've brushed off. I don't, I don't want that on my pie. Um, so I'm going in. It's kind of a short crust, maybe slightly uh, puff, rough puff pastry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big fan of like Stiltony flavour in stuff in stuff that isn't, you know, doesn't have a glass of port to hand. Yeah, I can't. I can taste the cheese. It's slightly sharp. It's okay. It's a bit gelatinous inside, but the yeah. dry thing on the top's made it really dry. I imagine with the wine, it would be all right. No, it's not a patch on the pie I had last week, but uh. um, it's not bad. I'm going to give that a six. Pretty sure I give that a nine. I really like that one. I've had it a couple of times since. Yeah. Well, mine is, you know, eight months old. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, so, what's uh, what are your plans for the rest of the week in the weekend, John? Um, well, uh, I have um, a short day tomorrow because uh, Kitty comes home, so um, we'll be off doing some adventurous things. Uh, we've got family um, coming, a cousin's coming over at the weekend, so it'll be child oriented. We're going to go. We'll go to the uh, to the treasure forest and um, see what's in the treasure tree. Cool. Yeah. Sounds exciting. Um, yeah, you just have to tap it with a stick three times. And I have to then hide stuff before they get there. That sounds brilliant. <laughs> what are you up to? Uh, we've got a wedding tomorrow. So oh, right. as soon as I finish my pie, I'm going to be making uh, about 80 feet of foliage garlands. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, wedding out near Guildford tomorrow at Lowsley Park. And then I'm not sure for the rest of the weekend, which is quite nice. Hopefully or maybe get out into the park again. Yeah, hopefully it'll be nice weather and... Um, be filled with uh, joy for you 
Absolutely. And good luck with uh, drawing. Thank you. You too. Don't injure yourself putting up balls. No, no, no big flowery balls tomorrow. I'm <laughs> safe. Right. Okay. Bye, John. Lovely to talk to you. You too. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah. Happy October. Speak to you in a couple of weeks. See you soon. Bye. Bye.